Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast, and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk, where you can win some fantastic pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. There's two fantastic West Ham draws this week. The first one, you've got the opportunity to win two hospitality tickets to West Ham United's game against Aston Villa. The tickets are just £9.95 each. Only 65 will be sold and the competition ends on Thursday night, the 17th of February at 7.30pm. That's West Ham v Aston Villa at the London Stadium on Sunday the 13th of March. So you'll have to be quick if you want to get involved. With that one, they've had some fantastic signed pieces from Vladimir Sufal, Jared Bowen and Tony Cotty up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Weirdly, even though the last podcast we did came off the back of two victories and now we're talking about West Ham drawing two all away from home at Leicester, the performance reasonably shaky and Craig Dawson having to elbow in a late equaliser, I feel a little bit more jubilant and upbeat about West Ham than I did last time we spoke. James Jones, I'm delighted to see you again, of course. That always improves my mood. However, um, I can't really put my finger on it, really. I don't know. Obviously, the Kurt Zuma stuff was sort of hanging over us and a bit rawer when we spoke last week. Um, and although our result was worse, I, I just feel a little bit more cheery. I'm not sure why that is. Nor do I, mate, if I'm honest. Um, but what, what what could possibly be making you more cheery when we haven't won a game of football and we've had to score a 93rd-minute handball? <laughs> if at least it was a 93rd-minute equaliser against a team in the same division as we are, as That's opposed to... Yeah. A 93rd minute equaliser against a team who play in the sixth tier of English football. <laughs> yeah. That, that does definitely pay part of it, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it's good that we didn't lose against Leicester, but equally, I just feel like there there are there are a lot of things going, going on that are contributing to, okay, on paper our form isn't that bad, but performances-wise, you can't be happy about it, can you, really? No, no, and I'm not. I just don't know. I think 
because obviously the Zuma thing was going on. Perhaps I'm just generally in a better mood, mate. I think maybe it's just. Could I, be. I think, now, now, I think now, that's actually what it is. I'm, now we're both TV and radio stars. Maybe that's. that's <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I mean, hello, we've been recording three minutes 25. Half of it was me trying to get the adverts right. <laughs> we're about 90 seconds into us actually having a chat and you've clanged it already. Yeah. Um, Jonesy, we'll, we'll do the Leicester game in a little bit more detail in a while. Um, just uh, as far as the TV stuff goes, bit of a busy week for the pair of us on the podcast, boosting the profile somewhat. Um, you started the train rolling with your... Um, I mean, to be fair, let's have it right, to use your one of your favourite phrases, let's get it right. Um Whilst I went did a BBC One thing Sunday morning, nice and early, you were proper doing the rounds. That was that phrase "doing the rounds" was exactly made for what you did the other day when you were just shoving your face down everyone's flipping TV screens, no matter what channel they watched. Yeah, I mean, it's worth saying that I did turn some people down. I wasn't completely whoring myself out to, to the media. <laughs> and towards the end of the day, I was getting very, very bored of just saying the same thing over and over again. But it was good. <laughs> Um, I did it. I did it for 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 the good of the, the podcast and the brand, um, and you know, get, having the opportunity to go go on the BBC, a number of their different outlets, radio and TV, plus GB News, um, was 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 good. And it just if all those invites, mate, just so must be doing something right as a little podcast. <laughs> I love how you like doing it for the good of the podcast, but I really genuinely thought you were going to say I was doing it for the good of the people. Which might have been simultaneously my favourite and least favourite thing that had ever come out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't for the good of the people at all. Yeah, so I mean, in case anyone's missed it, we've made it pretty hard for anyone to miss it. We've never really been backward in coming forward and plastering it all over our social media channels. Um, but yeah, in case anyone missed it, Jonesy um, was the big in, of course. I had a call from Radio 4 was your first one last week, mate. Yeah, BBC Radio 4. Then BBC London, BBC World yep. Service, uh, GB News, uh, BBC Northern Ireland. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, and then I ended up turning down a few others uh, just because I was tired by then. Yeah, and actually had a job to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Jonesy was doing all that all over people's TV and radio. And then I got a call at the weekend, Saturday morning, I think it was, for BBC Breakfast uh, on BBC One, Sunday morning show up to Salford on Saturday night. Um, yeah, in the studio, first ever live TV gig. Uh, that was pretty cool. A little five minute chat, and went in and did five live afterwards. And it was, mate, it's such a crazy thing. Uh, obviously, the the TV thing was was brilliant, and I really enjoyed it. And it was good fun. And loads of people sent me nice messages. Um, uh, you know, podcast listeners, especially, we had loads of messages in um, from you guys, just saying really nice, supportive things. And that's, I think, to be honest, Jonesy and I. It's like what we love so much about this podcast we try and do things a little bit differently try and be a bit pragmatic and uh, contextualize um when we're moaning about football and you know sort of put it into into scale somewhat with other things that are going on in the world and uh, i think with that the our listener base is well just like the vast majority are just really nice like just nice people jonesy aren't they it seems we get lots of nice messages the abuse levels um are virtually non-existent and the ones we do get are, are almost a little bit tame or whatever but yeah loads of nice messages off the back of that but jonesy honestly like, the tv thing was great going into the five live studio 
a radio station I've listened to since I can remember like listening to radio on the way every single after every home game at Upton Park because we always used to drive me my dad and my granddad and my cousin um and uh yeah it was just it was so surreal the tv bit was great you know I've never done sort of uh proper live tv stuff we did that match of the day thing didn't we but the yeah literally being in the five live studio on Sunday morning was absolutely surreal Eleanor Aldroyd who's sort of a legend of broadcasting or whatever um chris warburton it was absolutely surreal mate but um yeah decent week for the podcast jonesy yeah great great for the podcast um and you're right some of the great messages we've had from listeners on social media has been been fantastic um and the th- those who weren't too pleased with our uh, with our faces and our voices all <laughs> Local broadcast media gave us a good giggle throughout the week as well. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, we'll get we'll get on to that in a bit. We'll get get to that in a bit. This um, look, we'll talk about the Leicester game properly in a bit. Just a reminder, as Jonesy's mentioned there about social media, um, housekeeping as we do every week. Follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. You can get us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. Search We Are West Ham podcast on those. You can email us if you like at We Are West Ham pod at Gmail. Dot com and you can buy us a beer if you so wish and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham for as little as five pounds ago. Uh, spent a few of those beer vouchers the other week watching Kidderminster and boy did we need them. So yeah, if you want to do that, you can. Uh, the details for all the ways you can contact the podcast and follow us on social media, etc. are included in the description to this pod. So uh, yeah, have a scroll down. If you don't follow us on a lot of those platforms already, uh, Jonesy, we're, la- we're going to have to get into the uh, the reaction to um, the. I- I'll be honest, it-, it tended to come from my stuff Sunday, like you did the whole rounds. Perhaps I'm just more abrasive and offensive to people than you, which would make perfect sense because you're quite a nice bloke. But um, on uh, <laughs> you're doing like TV channels up and down the country on uh whenever it was like at the end of last week um and it didn't seem like you got any feedback at all i didn't even post anything that i did afterwards i just posted that i was going on and then i come back and you've had the twitter equivalent of one of the all-time great punch-ups with a bloke uh, <laughs> at least two or three different accounts you go back and forward very very like proud dad vibes i was or protective older brother vibes i was getting from you which was lovely um yeah, I'm not really sure what I said different to you that quite offended so many people. <laughs> I, had, I had a couple on Wednesday, a couple of people going, you don't speak for us. Um, which fine. That's weird, actually, because that's exactly what I was trying to do. Yeah. In, yeah. in my official role as spokesman for all West Ham fans everywhere. <laughs> did, did you not get the memo? I am the spokesman of all West Ham yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever I say, yeah. Whatever I say, you all have to think. Exactly, exactly. So I thought that was a bit weird, but then obviously in the aftermath of your uh, stellar performance on BBC Breakfast, um, a few people had, had had a dig. One one guy took offence at the name of our podcast and, and thought we were trying, literally by calling ourselves We Are West Ham, we're trying to be the voice of West Ham fans. Yeah. He, bless him, he took incredible offence to it. Um, and I kind of ended up just going, mate, it really isn't that deep. It's literally just down with the podcast. Um, 
bit of back and forth. He ended up calling me a snowflake, um, and I ended it with, "Well, if I'm a snowflake, you're the one that's just been you're the one that's literally offended by the name of a podcast." Um, <laughs> and, and that was that. Another uh, woman kept calling us hooligans because we support <laughs> that has yeah. that has kicked a cat. Uh, and, and for us, and she she said that the fact that we're not saying um, he should be sacked and suspended means that we're just as bad as he is. We, yeah, we are animal abusers too, yeah, aren't we? He, yeah, she yeah. may as well have said, well, you, you might as well just go and kick a cat in your kitchen because if you don't think yeah. as I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she weirdly tried selling me her book. She's an author. Just, <laughs> I, 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 just, I gave her a couple of laughing emojis because I was literally laughing at responses and... And she, she went, well, if you think that's funny, you better buy my book. And I was like, it's a bit of a weird sales tactic. Yeah. To an animal abuser. Have a go at me for absolutely ages and then try and pitch a book to me. Yeah, um, that was good fun. It was good fun. I enjoyed that bit. It's probably the best bit of the week, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah I could tell you were loving it. You know how there are different stances on Twitter trolls. Mine's very much like, laugh at it. Don't give him the oxygen. But you just haven't got it in you quite as much, have you? As soon as I saw it, when I was texting you about it, and then... No, I, then I went back on, got another notification. James shows had replied. I was like, "Here we go, here yeah. we go." He's yeah. nibbled, and then it was like four hours later, he stopped. I was like, "He's had a really good Sunday afternoon because of this." Sunday morning, I saw it all come through, so I put myself some crumpets on, did a coffee, made myself a cup of and got to work. It was a good, uh, absolutely happy as Larry. Well, look, um, at by James Jones on Twitter. If you want to go in his, um, yeah, just go go in his recent tweets and replies because uh, it, it's a bit of a good laugh. But my favourite bit of the whole thing, uh, I think, was the the same guy you're talking about there calling us the the bonehead we are West Ham podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did. Think... We rebrand? I don't know. Sure. We... Yeah, we might do, mate. I'm sure we might have to get a new badge drawn up somehow, might we? But. Um... Uh, yeah, just um, for the record, it was basically similar stuff. Both me and James said on the podcast last week that we don't agree with grown men volleying cats across kitchens. It's effectively what we said, which doesn't feel to me like a completely out there radical way of thinking um, and suggesting that, yeah, perhaps the, the club definitely should have dropped him for the Watford game to send out a message to young fans who look up to Premier League footballers and see no visible uh, punishment by taking or by leaving Kurt in the team. Those are our, well, those are my thoughts. James's might have been slightly different, but there wasn't really anything radical that we were saying. Jonesy was there, I don't think. No, well, that's that's the weird thing about it is that we were being the two or three people that were having a go at us on 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 social media were making us out as if we were as bad as Kurt Zuma, even though we were openly saying live on television for an entire week that we don't agree with what Kurt Zuma is. Yeah. What uh, he done was really horrible. Oh my God, you're just the same as him. Yeah, feels like I'm criticising him, but all right. I, I think exactly the same thing as you do, but you're having yeah. a go at me for, for, I don't know what they're having a go at us for, to be fair, no, apart, from, apart from the name of our podcast, which is odd. Yeah, I liked it and I will, I definitely think we will be changing to the Bonehead We Are West Ham podcast. Um, yeah, shout out to Zander as well, Michael Wood. Um uh, forgive me if I'm if I'm missing anyone. Just having a quick flick through Twitter now, but lots of you guys. Uh, Katie got in touch on Instagram as well. Uh, Richard Morris, uh, yeah, a few people just getting in touch and and saying some nice things and supporting supportive 
stuff. So, yeah, appreciate everyone who got in touch um, after me and, uh, yeah, Jonesy dominated everyone's TV and radio screens. Oh, go on, Jonesy's got one. Uh, also, Moy as well. Thanks, Moy. Go on, mate. Sorry. Also, a shout out to Jackie Davidson who sent us, who brought us a pint on, on Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, no, nice one. With the comment, hate football, but love the podcast. Which, I mean, definitely just tunes in for our chat about sheds. <laughs> and emails, email administration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fashion. Yeah. <laughs> brought us a pint. So, thanks very much, Jackie. And um, hopefully, yeah. we can make you like football as well as the podcast. Excellent. I'd just like to. Uh, um, 87 THW on Twitter at Harwood 251 I've literally only just seen this came across very good just now on TV strange question but where did you get your blazer <laughs> I, I've only just seen that I'll have to reply now you're, um, you're a fashion icon now mate yeah right just one other shout out Jonesy right Rob Rose yeah West Ham fan uh, not sure if he's a podcast listener or not not a bad interview although I disagree where you said the club are trying to sweep it under the carpet what a, what a nice, normal way yeah. of interacting on Twitter when you don't agree with someone. Yeah. I was like, yeah, fair. And I replied and said, yeah, fair play, mate. That bit didn't quite come out as I'd liked. Um, although playing him, you, you know, did give off that sort of vibe to me, if you like. But what a normal way of engaging with someone and just being like, yeah, yeah, like, fair enough there, mate. These are the bits I didn't agree with. Like, do you fancy having a bit of a chat about it? Which is sort of what Twitter is supposed to be about. Um, so, oh, this is this is a bit novel. Um, yeah. But yeah, sorry if I've missed anyone. Thanks if you got in touch. Um, yeah, I don't suppose you'll be seeing much of me and Jonesy again for a while. I think the uh, the experience for both us and the uh, the outlets for whom we went on was probably just a little bit too harrowing. So um, if you want uh, the the normal sort of content that you get from me and James Jones, try not to take ourselves, West Ham, or life too seriously and stick with us here at the We Are West Ham podcast. And continuing that theme, uh, I'm sure we'll have a big old laugh at West Ham United 2, Leicester City 2, next. Josie, I'm going to start this uh, section of the podcast. And again, I still don't know really why I'm, I'm in a good mood about it. Uh, for the first time in absolutely ages, I got myself, um, well, not absolutely ages. I don't know why I said that. That's a complete lie. But for the first time for a while, um, I got myself a couple of, uh, well, many, I got offered a couple of away tickets and I thought, oh yeah, I'll have some of that. So snapped them up nice and quickly because they can be like gold dust sometimes. Um, snapped them up nice and quick. Uh, face value and all that sort of thing. The bloke was really nice. Um, transferred him the money. A friend of mine lives around the corner from him. Picked them up. Picked the tickets up for the game. Uh, I then... He then posted them on Wednesday to me. I then realised I couldn't go to the game because uh, I double booked myself, which was a bit of a shame. So, yeah, went about getting rid of the tickets again. Um, and the tickets to the game, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. He, My mate sent them in the post last Wednesday and the tickets turned up this morning. <laughs> 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 so uh yeah well at my viewing experience of the Leicester game because the um Salford thing or the BBC breakfast thing came up quite short notice over the weekend uh my viewing experience of the Leicester game on Sunday constituted um post five hour drive back from Manchester in the rain literally the whole way uh getting home realized my uh flatmate had my house keys and he was at work at the office so I was locked out the flat uh, jumping in an Uber 
to meet my mates, not having been able to get changed. Uh, we had, we'd agreed to watch the football together uh, and rocking up about 25 minutes into the first half, having already missed Jared Bowen's goal. <laughs> An absolute stinker, if there was one, mate, to be quite honest. And weirdly, I'm still in quite a good mood. Yeah, yeah, you've had a shambles there, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, um, I, mean, I can't put my finger on it, mate. But uh, yeah, a bit of a stinker. Um, I don't know where do you want to start, really, mate? The Zuma thing before kickoff, I suppose. There's Jared Bowen's goal, which was good. The fact that we just sort of flaked in the middle period of the game. The fact that Craig Dawson's goal was the biggest handball I've ever seen. And I, honest, I honestly just felt like one of those times where I think, what has football gone to? Even though it was against or for my own team and I was slightly pleased. I was like, what is going on? How's that not handball? I don't, so where do you want to start, mate? I'll tell you what I want to start. It's Issa Diop. Yeah, that, all right. I like that, it. A lot of people have not acknowledged it um, on Twitter after the game, which I'm pleased about. But the amount of stick he's had this season, and a lot of last season as well, he's had to come in at the very last minute in this game. Everyone was dreading it. Everyone was going on social media. was like, oh, well, we're, we're finished now. Zuma's out of the game. And he was superb. Mm. One or two... Moments where it was a little bit like one or, one or two diops, one or two diop moments, but 95% of the time, I thought he was absolutely superb. And so much credit needs to go to him for particularly after his performance against Kidderminster, which was arguably his worst performance in a West Ham shirt or the worst footballing performance by yeah. anyone ever in the history yeah. of the sport. Yeah, yeah. And for him to bounce back a week later after all the stick he'd got. Um, and to put in a performance like that against a Leicester team that looked very dangerous going forward, um, just hats off to the man, because a lot of players, their confidence would have been shot after that kid in the performance. Yeah. Straight back, put it all behind him and put in a superb performance, his best performance in a West Ham shirt for well over a year, I think. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, just deserves a lot of credit, I think, because particularly when you consider the amount of stick he's had over the last year or so. Yeah, fair play, mate. Yeah, I like that from you there. Bit of positivity, bit of positive energy. Um, first up in the section. Um, do you think it's interesting? I mean, you, you forgot to mention his absolutely 100% deliberate hoof, sorry, assist for um, Jared Bowen's goal as well. Yeah, as well. He got an assist. He's got, <laughs> he's happy. I made you so happy for seeing it. Yeah. Oh, what, a, what a man. Absolutely loving it. Do you think then, Josie, interesting point on that just quickly. Um, and on the Zuma stuff, I think whether it's on here or anywhere else, me and Jones, you've said what we feel about that. Uh, I, th- I know there is an appetite among some fans to let it go. And I think, yeah, obviously, if any other developments happen in the story, we'll cover them. Uh, but we don't want to keep, you know, just like um, doing the same thing, same old content over and over again. Uh, we've made our stance clear on it, really. I think it was wrong not to suspend him. Uh, as in from the club's point of view for a couple of games I still don't think that decision to do that is anywhere near as bad as uh, drop kicking a live animal which I think is disgusting and disturbing um, but you know it is what it is we are where we are said what we need to say and how we feel about it if it develops again we'll talk about it if not um, so our any sort of perceived uh, ignorance or moving on from the topic does not reflect how we feel about it. I think just content wise, we've done a lot of that recently and, and you just end up raking over old ground. So one last thing on that. Now I've said that, Jonesy, here's a question about the Zuma incident. Um, 
does Issa Diop's performance make a mockery of David Moyes' argument that he had to pick the best football team and blah, 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 and his insinuation that, you know, if Zuma hadn't played and Diop had against Watford, which was kind of his insinuation after the game when he said, I had to pick the best football team available to me. Does his perform- Diop's performance against Leicester make a bit of a mockery of, of that decision and show actually how <clears throat> he would have been quite all right to just take a moral stance on it and and put him in for that game? I don't think it makes a mockery of it because what Moyes says is correct in that, you know, Zuma is the better defender out if you're going to compare the two. You're going to get a performance out of Zuma. Um, whether mm. that's right, right it, what, I mean, we, we both already established it was the wrong decision against Watford. But um, when you consider the fact that Diop has been poor for over a year, yeah, it adds more weight to David Moyes' decision <clears> to come. <throat> Can't really afford to play Diop. I, mean, I really need Zuma mm. in the team. Um, yeah, okay. As I've already said, he, he, he performed very well. I happen to agree with you on that, by the way, mate. I, I just posed the question, but I happen yeah, to agree, right. yeah. You can't... The fact is that Zuma is a far better defender than Diop. Diop had one, yeah. well, one good game in 12, 12 months. And it was a surprise, wasn't it? This it was performance was a complete surprise. shock to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a surprise, but it was a surprise all the same. And Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it really justifies it or, or whatever. It just... Yeah, yeah, I think... He would much rather have had two minutes than regardless of the ups performance. Yeah, yeah. If you're taking it at just a footballing decision, then maybe not. Um, yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Uh, the Zoom incident before the game. Uh, again, I was sort of in the back of an Uber urging him to go a bit faster to try and get me to the bar. I was watching it in with my friends. Um, so I was just following it on like blogs and stuff on my phone. Um, sort of few immediate conspiracy theories saying, oh, he's been rattled by the home fans. I was like, I mean, of all sets of home fans, you're not going to be rattled by it. It's probably Leicester City fans. Yeah, isn't it? Blast, blast him with goal music for... <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, mate, um, they've been coming on the pitch punching players in the last couple of weeks. So maybe he was a bit, maybe he was a little bit rattled. Um yeah, did you make anything of that? I've not really got much of an appetite to make a big deal out of it. He was obviously ill, wasn't he? He's gone home ill. He's not yeah. going to have suffered I, from... I was watching the, uh, the build-up on Sky and mm. after Graham Souness had proper gone in on, gone in hard on him, like real... Saying late. he should be banned for the rest of the season, was it? Something like that, yeah, and said that if he was his teammate, wouldn't want to be in the same dressing room as him and like proper... Very exaggerated stuff. Unlike uh, Graham Souness, actually, to unlike, go after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> said, oh, I, love, uh, I hope his mental health's okay. Because he, he he'd taken it from all corners of the public for a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, again, deservedly. Deservedly, deserved. but yeah, you're right. Jerry Gary, who like, fairly went, <clears throat> questioned whether it might be something to do with his mental health because of the, the amount of abuse he's had publicly. Mm. Um, and then Souness just went on a rant and even asked, um, David Jones, whether they, um, whether they had enough time to talk about it, because he really wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, um, in vintage Sooness form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got time to talk about this. Good, brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. How yeah. long? Sorry, uh, should we watch the game or should we just yeah. carry on talking about this? No, Graham. Sorry, we have actually got to watch West Ham Leicester. Um, but it was weird because, like, when five minutes before then, before it had been announced that he he he, he was out of the team. They weren't talking about it. It was, it was as if, like, oh, don't worry, don't worry with the fact that Zoom was playing. We'll, we'll gloss over that. The moment it was revealed that he, he 
be taken ill and decided that he weren't going to play. It was like, right, now let's lay into him. It was a very, very odd way of going about the coverage because you could tell that they wanted to speak about it, but decided they weren't going to speak about it until there was a story about Zuma in terms of he was not... Yeah, that seems an odd... That seems an odd decision. Yeah, it was very weird. Was As very if it weird. hadn't happened until he then... Oh, he's sick now, so... They, they kind of <laughs> over it. They went, oh, here's the team. Um, a lot happened around Zuma, of course, but he starts the day against Leicester, and then that was it, and then they kind of moved on. And then five minutes later, it was, oh, Zuma's not yeah. playing now, he's been taken ill. Okay, well, let's go in on him. And it was a bit like... <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. A bit of a weird going about it, but... Um, Peculiar. But yeah, and I don't agree with all the rubbish about him bottling it or the fans getting on his back. I mean, he just dealt with that against Watford, what, a few days earlier. Yeah, uh, I'd, away grounds may be slightly different, mightn't they? But I sort of I sort of see where you're coming from. It is what it is anyway. Like, wish him well, isn't it? Hope he, uh, hope he feels better soon. And and like you said, really, yeah, just, I think, I just focus on kudos to Issa Diop for standing up and or stepping into his shoes and performing admirably. Did he perform admirably, though? Uh, West Ham, after going 1-0 up, fantastic goal from Jared Bowen. What superb form he's in. Um, after that, I don't know what happened, which annoyingly was the majority of the part of the game that I had to sit and endure. It just seemed like Leicester, who haven't been able to, you know, string five passes together in recent weeks, let alone, like, defend or attack like with any form of balance or just perform well on a football pitch. All of us, as it's just, it was so predictable, mate. It was so predictable. And we just made them look like Brazil and they just got all this confidence back. And Cresswell, I mean, I don't know what it was with our defenders deciding that they wanted to play elbow ball or volleyball at the weekend. Aaron Cresswell, just baffling decision. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is he doing? Um, and then he's like looking all confused afterwards. I was like, what the hell are you looking at? That was the biggest stonewall pen I've ever seen. And why are you like got your elbows up at eye level, you peculiar bloke? Um, yeah, so that made me laugh. Obviously, like decent pen. They showed the old Sky graphic, didn't they, before? And it was, ah, oh, here's the last eight of Yuri Tielemann's penalties, all to the keepers, right? Yeah. So he steps up to take it. And I'm like, well, Fabianski's obviously, obviously going to dive that way, surely. And somehow he still saved it. I didn't couldn't really work out if it was a really good penalty or well what it was just annoying so I was like, well I know what's gonna happen here. Good penalty. It was a good penalty. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um but yeah as far as the West Ham side of things go then just had a little bit of a I don't know if a meltdown is the right terminology to use, but it wasn't very good, was it, after taking the lead. It was just like annoying and frustrating. Yeah it felt it didn't really feel like Leicester were going to get back into it until Aaron Cresswell. They did. <laughs> until Aaron Cresswell got that he wasn't a goalkeeper. Yeah. Corner and gave away that penalty at the end of the first half. They didn't really threaten it. They went forward a little bit, but it felt like us going in at 1-0 at half-time would have been fair. No, we, we, we probably were on top for the first 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, and then it kind of, we allowed them back into it, but only... Like not like to the point where they were really threatening us and then, you know, give away a penalty. But the second half was really worrying because you had Soufal like literally pooing his pants every time Harvey Barnes got the ball. <laughs> he he like, was woeful, like, wasn't he? One, yeah. At one point, Harvey Barnes running into the area and Soufal just stopped and let him run past him. <laughs> yeah, go on, it was, Harvey. It was like, well, I'm not going to tackle you because you, you're going to get past you and give away a penalty. Yeah. And, and 
I can't tackle you because you're too good. So I'm just going to let you run past me, literally, while you're technically on the six-yard box. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, a fair play to Moyes for hauling him off, by the way. But you knew he was going to come off. Like It was just yeah. it was embarrassing every time he got the ball. Uh, and then, Chris had a minger as well, didn't he, though? Chris was having a nightmare. Um, Antonio just didn't look that that fast. Um, just for a change. Just for a change. Uh, it's now, what, two goals in 19 games for us? Uh, not the kind of form you want from your only striker. Um, Declan Rice was like, pro- like just struggled to really deal with anything that Leicester did. <laughs> yeah, Declan Rice struggled to really deal with the fact that he was doing four other players' jobs, yeah, as he flipping but, always seems to but, be. But these. He was powerless to Leicester getting on the ball and driving forward because he was the only one doing anything in the field or trying to do something. Yeah, uh, but even then, he, he didn't have his best game in the West Ham show. Um, Craig Dawson and Diop were probably our two best players on the pitch, barring Jared Bowen, who was just just his usual self, um, which is great to see. Four hours quiet, Lanzini ineffective. Um, ben Rahman looked good when he came off the bench, looks a little bit dangerous. Um, but other than that, it was just a real... It, it was so obvious that the decision not to buy someone in, in January is beginning to show, because they look yeah, knackered. Yeah. All of them. All of them yeah. look knackered. And yeah. I think that, that's what it boils down to, is just tiredness... Um, and it's yeah, and, and and I think that's the that's the worry, isn't it? That it's it's just it's already become a pattern, yeah. and there's not really any sort of it's not like we've got an injured player waiting to come back. And I've got a bonner, but that's not going to be this season, is it? And he doesn't really affect the game further up the pitch, does he? No. Um, it's not. You just need some players to rediscover some form. But yeah, I think a lot of it probably is just a bit of tiredness, a bit of burnout, whatever. Um, how much, by the way, I mean, this is one of the classic, this is for uh, the people who say hate fo- the. Who was it earlier on who bought us a, who bought us a beer and said hate football, love the podcast? This is going to be for them. Um, Harvey Barnes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Harvey Barnes sounds like someone who was in Blazing Squad. That sounds like the name, a Blazing Squad name, <laughs> if ever I've heard it. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a, I, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. I think there was a. Um, oh, what was the well famous one? I mean, there was like fourteen of them, so you think I'd be able to remember one? One went on Love Island, didn't he? I can't remember, mate. Um, they um, all from my area. Um, were they? So they, are you just saying you can't remember because you were pals with all of them and you were the only person? <laughs> you, you were the only person from um, where are you from? Woodford, yeah. Who didn't yeah, get into from, Blazing Squad? They were from Tinford, which is what ten minutes, ten minutes down, ten minutes away from Woodford. Well, every single one of them was from Chinkford. I'm uh, pretty sure. Well, they're, 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 one of their first songs called Friday Hill, I think it was. There's right. an actual road in Chinkford called Friday Hill. Really? Kenzie uh, was the famous one I was yeah, trying Kenzie, to think of. Yeah. Spike E, Reaper, Rocky B. Ken, uh, Kenzie, actually. I accidentally <laughs> spilled beer on him in a nightclub in Epping. Um, did you? We weren't too pleased about it. And I, I was absolutely buzzing because I was like, oh, yeah, I poor beer over that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he weren't too pleased and... Yeah, a few people that put him away. I literally just accidentally bounced into him. Mate, these names are absolutely superb. Melody, uh, Crazy, Flavor, and then Joe Williams. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Anyway, um, enough Blazers squad chat. Um, anything else then on the Leicester game, Jonesy, that you need to get off your chest or that sort of, um, I don't know, sticking with you since the game? Oh, sorry, we've got to do the Dawson's goal. I mean, 
honestly, I'm, yeah, all right. West Ham got a point. I'm pleased. I'm pleased we got a point. I know decisions go against you, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, but that is handball. And he, oh. literally el- he literally elbowed it in the goal. Like, that's... That's that's it. There isn't really a discussion, actually, mate. I mean, I'm going to let you talk, but still. When I saw the replay straight away, I was like, oh, they'll give that because the new the new law states if it hits the sleeve, it's it's a goal. It doesn't count as handball if it, if it arms in a natural position. But it's, it's, it's his arm. Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but they changed the law that if it's in a, if it's still in a natural position and it hits the top half of the arm, so basically the sleeve. Then it's it, it's not handball, even if it leads to a goal. And his arm wasn't a natural position because you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it was in a natural position. I'll give you that. Um, and, and it, it did lead to a goal in that it hit his flipping arm and went in. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it hit the sleeve part, the top part of his arm, which means it's not right. So, in the I new mean, laws of the game. All right. Well, okay. Then if that's the case, that law is ridiculous. It literally whacked him on the tricep. You could see his, like, he's obviously a, a professional athlete, so he's in good nick. But you could see his, like, tricep wobbling after the impact. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I, like, cheered when it went in, obviously. Um, and because I was watching it in a bar, I was sort of like, ah, oh, yes, get in there. And then everyone stopped. All the Leicester fans I could see on the screen were, like, huddling around their little dugout side screen. Then I saw the replay and just sat down. I was like, oh, that's annoying. Like, oh, we're going to lose, aren't we? And then they gave it. And then I was just confused. I was just like, okay, I think I'm pleased. But what is going on? What has happened to the sport that I've loved all my life? If you can literally tricep a ball into the goal and they're just like, yeah, that's absolutely fine after we've reviewed it on video. I mean, the fact that he came out after they asked him, were you a bit worried? And he was like, yeah, I was really worried they were going to rule that one out. Says, so all you need yeah. to know. About Why was that, Craig? Oh, because I handballed it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and no, it went in. <laughs> You watch the replays, barely any West Ham players celebrate. They're kind of all just standing with no. like, okay, well, this is going to be ruled out any minute. Yeah. Um, Even Dawson was like half-hearted, wasn't it? Yeah, he kind of ran beyond the goal, like looking mm. a little bit embarrassed. But it stood and we didn't lose. It's great. Yeah. No, this is right, mate. This is right. Well, um, I, I, again, just another weird day in the battle for top four, which no one apparently wants to get in the Champions League this season. Tottenham. Losing to Wolves at home in the game before, 2-0. Um, yeah, I mean, just everyone, like, Nors in Man United, drawing 1-0 at home to Southampton. Uh, obviously, Arsenal didn't play because they were due to play Chelsea, who went off to the Club World Cup in Abu Dhabi. But, yeah, I'd, I mean, obviously, Wolves are in that race as well. But, yeah, no one really fancies finishing the Champions League spots by the looks of it, mate, do they? Nah, no one wants it. I don't know why. And weirdly, we are still fourth. I mean, 25 games played, um, one point ahead of United in fifth, two points ahead of Arsenal. We've got three games in hand over us now. Um, Just quickly, James, I just want a one-word answer from you before we move on. Uh, Who do you, assuming if it's not West Ham, who do you think is going to get that top four spot? If you think West Ham, great. But, I mean, if it wasn't, just... I've got a weird feeling it'd be Arsenal. Yeah, me too. Totally agree. And I've been looked at like I've got two heads whenever I've said that the last um, few days. So Weird feeling, though. They've got rid of um, one player who many believe to be quite toxic. Mm. Um, okay, it was tough. Um, yeah, I really think that they, they could do it, um, which is annoying, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, mate. Um, I think that was that was good. We are safe. We are still fourth, which is good. It's a point away from home. The nature of it was was somewhat baffling. We do look tired, um, but 
Hey, unbeaten in three though, mate. Kidderminster, to Watford and Leicester. What a team! Yeah. <laughs> Now we're playing world beaters Newcastle on Saturday, which is exactly exactly. Yeah. Well, look, we'll get on to have a Newcastle opposition view later in the show. But before all of that, let's go on to the Betway charity bets, where I am delighted to announce we had a winner. That was my attempt at fanfare music, Jonesy, because I don't quite know how to use the sound effects part of uh, this software that we use. Um, Betway Charity Bets, finally, finally, we had a winner. There was a bit of a barren spell. We were only talking uh, on last week's show that we have to laser our focus in somewhat and perhaps start thinking a bit more with our heads rather than our hearts. And that is exactly what I did on last week's show, punting four for the Leicester game. Both teams to score, the game to be a draw, and Craig Dawson to get on the score sheet after Jake Watson from TalkSport last week told us on the show that Leicester are absolutely toilet at defending set pieces. Well, we'll, we'll go for a bit of that then. I didn't really think we were going to win the game. And sure enough, I'll oh, big Craig's elbow at the end, although I was baffled that um, it stood at all. It did stand, meaning that for Betway, or no, excuse me, that from Betway, uh, the charity bet uh, that they give us each week, £50 stake, my one, Jonesy, was a 25 to 1 shot. So I won £1,250 for the Bobby Moore Fund, um, which is money that goes towards bowel cancer research, of course. Uh, and Betway are matching everything we win at the end of the season, Josie. So effectively, that's £2,500 that I contributed to the Bobby Moore Fund with that pick for the Leicester game at the weekend. What a day. Yeah, it's wonderful, mate. Um, absolutely delighted that you've done it. I'm still a little bit gutted that I'm still on zero. but Yeah. Uh, like, and I really thought there was, with Bowen scoring early, I really thought I'd have a chance. But um, just really, really pleased that you managed to put in the 25 to one shot. Two and a half grand um, takes your um, your individual without bet weight matching it to just under two and a half grand alone this season. Right. Uh, Reese on 900, which takes with bet weight matching it 6,750 quid on the in the pot so Brilliant, far. Mate. Nearly seven. To, so on top of the on top of the 12 and a half we raised last season, that's another nearly seven in the kitty this year. We've still three months of the season left to go. Yeah, we're, we're closing nearly on. 20 grand, nearly 20 grand raised for charity, mate. That is absolutely phenomenal effort from yeah. all involved. Uh, what did you and Reese go for? I know they were losing bets, but um, what did you punt for? Well, I went for over two and a half goals. Uh, Bowen to have two shots on target and Suchek to score any time. Um, <clears> that Suchek one's dead, dodgy, mate. Yeah, leave him I thought, out. I thought the set pieces. He might, he might have an opportunity. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. It fair. didn't happen. Um, with Bowen getting the early goal, I really thought I'd have a chance, but yeah, wasn't to be. And then Reese had both teams to score. West Ham have over four and a half corners, which I think we did have, but then he had Aaron Coswell yeah. to score in the time. Um, which just, Rather than blatantly well, handball it on purpose in our own box exactly. and have a stinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, well, just a, just a reminder that um, me and the boys are raising money for three West Ham Link charities this season, thanks to our charity partnership with Betway. Betway, give us a £50 charity stake for each and every one of West Ham's Premier League games. Me and the lads put it on a three-legged bet-your-way bet. 
each and every week. Maya 25 to 1 1 coming in this week, which is absolutely great news. Thanks a lot to Craig Dawson for coming up trumps with that one. Um, yeah, and the or any winnings that we um, get out of the bets at the end of the season go to the charities we're playing for. I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund uh, research into bowel cancer. Uh, James Jones playing for the DT38, Dylan Tombidi's foundation, of course, after Dylan was sadly taken from us. Uh, West Ham Academy star died of uh, testicular cancer. Um, the foundation set up by his mum, Tracy, who we're in contact with. Uh, great calls from Jonesy. Obviously needs a few more quid or some, any money on the board uh, this season. And James, or Reese, excuse me, has been playing for Isla's fight. This season. Uh, Jonesy, that's a brilliant result. That is, mate. Um, Newcastle game this weekend. London Stadium. Uh, a bit of a strange fixture. Probably pretty good that Kieran Trippier's out. He seems to have been finding some form recently. Uh, not really sure how I feel about it. We'll hear more about that in the opposition view. But as far as the charity bets go, what have you and Reese gone for this week? I've gone for over two and a half goals. Uh, barring two shots on target again. is our best chance of scoring. So... Um, I think you'll get a couple of shots to target. And over 10 and a half corners in the match. So that's Newcastle West Ham combined. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the, with Newcastle being quite attacking, obviously, Alan St. Maximum, they're going to have a lot of lot of opportunities going forward. We're going to have a lot of opportunities going forward. So I think yep. there'll be quite a few corners in this one. Nice um, one. Nice one, mate. I like the sound of it. What's Reese gone for? Reese over three and a half goals. He fancies a goal fest. Newcastle over four and a half corners. And Aaron Creswell assist. He's loving the Cresswells, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at the text in the in the uh, the charity bet group chat here. Reese's last message he sent before sending his bet in was, "I'm never having Cresswell in my bet ever again." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next message he sends, "Yeah, I'll have Cresswell assist." Um, fair enough. Well, I've gone for under three and a half goals in the game. Craig Dawson to score and both teams to score. I just fancy. You never know. Sometimes, like London buses or whatever, uh, they come along. You don't see a goal from Craig Dawson for ages and two come along in quick succession. So, yeah, I fancy a bit more of a nutritional game, though. I I don't fancy it. I just think it might be quality and general levels of tiredness might be a bit lower. Guarantee Valt Veghorst is going to score, though. Six foot seven beast from uh, uh, Holland or whatever. Oh, yeah. He definitely won't score then, will he? Who? (laughs) Chris Wood. Chris Wood, what am I doing? Yeah, Chris Wood. Burnley, he yeah, he's like the new. He's like, yeah, Valt Veghorst is the new Chris Wood, isn't he? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's a uh, what a shambles, mate. Uh, if you, mate, if Valt Veghorst scores, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're on the right lines though, because Chris Wood loves a go against us, doesn't he? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Just I need to get the right player's name and who plays for the actual team we're playing against. They don't even sound the same. No, no, no. Valt Vudhorst? No, not really. I might um, have a word with Chad, though, see if he can include it, because that'll make the odds good, at least, won't it, for Valt Vudhorst to score in the West Ham game, even though he's playing for Burnley against another team. (laughs) Exactly, mate, exactly. Look, absolute uh, brilliant result last week, that 25-1 to coming in, nearly seven grand raised for the season, which I think, as Jonesy was saying last week, gets our run rate up to about where we want it to be to surpass the 12,500 we raised Last year, so absolutely buzzing with that one. Uh, you can just a reminder back those bets yourself for real if you like on the Betway website and app. If you just go to the West Ham Newcastle game this weekend, go to pre built bets, uh, scroll down there, and you'll find the We Are West Ham bets. My one that I've just read out will have my name on it. 
James's will have his name on it. Reese will have his on it and so on and so on. You can back them for real if you like. Annoyingly, Jonesy, I forgot to back my 25 to 1 this week because I was in the cab, told you about it. Too busy. Forgot to back it. No profit for me. I had the same last season, my 40 to 1 win. Mm, stinker. Never mind. Great result, mate. Newcastle opposition view next. Wonderful stuff then, pulling in a Betway charity bet there, £1,250 plus the bet the, the bit that Betway are going to match. So that's £2,500 for the Bobby Moore Fund. That is wonderful news indeed after Craig Dawson's elbowed equaliser at the end of the Leicester game. Now, we've told you what uh, we think is going to happen. As far as the Betway charity bets go for the Newcastle game, now I'm delighted to say that joining us, the new Newcastle editor from the Newcastle Chronicle is Aaron Stokes, joins us on the We Are West Ham podcast to chat ahead to that game at the London Stadium on the weekend. Aaron, it's brilliant to have you with us, mate. Thanks for joining us. Probably, I would say, uh, Newcastle are always a pretty interesting club to support. I think there's always a story around them, given the fan base and the general size of the club. Uh, this has got to be up there since the old Kevin Keegan, I'd love it if we beat them, Aspria, Shearer, uh, Rob Lee days. Am I right? Well, I mean, I think that's what fans are certainly hoping for in the coming years. Um, obviously, it might be a little bit too early to talk about the sort of the glory days when they sat, you know, 17th in the Premier League table. But yeah, look, if, if the club can stay up this season and, um, you know, bring in the sort of players that they've brought in already in January, then I think in the next sort of two, three years, then, you know, there's going to be a real optimism about the club that, like you say, they haven't really seen since the, you know, the days of Sir Bobby Robson, you know, at the turn of the century. So, yeah, look, I think Newcastle fans are still very, you know, firmly planted on the ground at the minute, purely because of where they sit in the table. Obviously, you know, three wins in a row has helped with confidence. You know, fans aren't as doom and gloom as they were. But, yeah, look, it's, it's a fantastic time for the city, for the region, for the club. Um, and yeah, fan, fans are just over the moon with how it's began so far. Absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, one thing obviously I've, I've got to ask, some people listening to this podcast and football fans it's sort of further afield will be completely bored to tears by it already. Others will be bored to tears by the fact that um, people aren't talking about it as much or, or sh- think they should be talking about it more. Um, obviously, the takeover and the source of the money. What's your thoughts on all of that? Look, I think it's, um, you know, I've, I've, I've spoke about it a lot in the last couple of months. And I think it's important that, you know, the issues aren't just brushed over. Um, you know, there's a, while 80% or 85% of the fan base are buzzing with the takeover, there's all, of course, about, you know, a small minority that aren't happy and, you know, we have to take their views into account. You know, there's, you know, we can't excuse what the Saudi regime do. Um, and I don't think any Newcastle fans support what they do, but I think it's important to separate the, you know, the football side of it. Um, I've seen, you know, Newcastle fans get a lot of stick for, you know, not, you know, sort of deserting the club after the takeover. Um, which is, Really? You know, yeah, well, I mean, look, it's... Well, so it, people have got... Sti- I, I, I haven't heard many stories of people having done it, but let alone them getting yeah, stiffed for I it. I think, like, uh, you know, a lot of people that are opposed to the takeover, you know, I've, I have seen stuff on Twitter that, you know, if they were a Newcastle fan, that they would just walk away. Now, look, it's easier said than done when it's not your club. You know, some 
some people have followed this football club for 50 years. It's the, the highlight of their week. They, you know, they pay their money every week to go and see it. But it's like that for so many fans, Aaron, isn't it? That's, it's so intrigued, like it's so intriguing that because I often think, and I think that's why football club owners get away with way more than they do or would in any other walk of society because mm-hmm. a, a, a human being, especially in the UK, a human's relationship with their football club is unlike almost anything else yeah. that people people have got husbands and wives that the lifelong commitment is way more on way more shaky ground <laughs> than the idea that someone will support and follow the football club forever isn't it you know what i mean there's very few things in any of our lives uh football fans in particular that is more certain will be a lifelong thing than yeah. the love for your football club, isn't it? It's just, and I, and I think that's unfortunately that's sort of there to be taken advantage of by owners. They know that, don't they? And they know it will take almost, well, basically non-existence for yeah. for someone to be like desert their club. It's just not a thing culturally that that British people do, is it? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think you know it, it was sort of laughable that that people were coming out and saying it now look i'm not i'm i'm not saying that it doesn't happen you know i, I have spoke to some people that have said you know you know maybe if they're like a member of the lgbt community where they said you know what look you know it's not going to feel the same supporting Newcastle anymore and i've supported them all my life so look you know some fans are against it you know um but i think the important thing is how we you know the fan base and the club go forward now so that means, you know, not sort of dressing in Saudi attire and, you know, bringing Saudi mm. flags to the ground and, you know, stuff like that. And it, like I say, it's important not to just brush over it. You know, fans do have to have the conversation, but, you know, hopefully, um, you know, this will be a positive thing for the club going forward, you know, despite, you know, the sort of air and negativity in, in one sort of side of it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, mate. Yeah, I, I, it's completely incomparable because of the reasons we're talking about it, but... I'll be honest, I don't feel the same about West Ham as I did when we used, when we played at Upton Park. That's not that I've completely fallen out of love with them or that I'm not absolutely delighted by the quality of football that we're playing or having been able to go and watch them away in Europe for the first time last month. None of those things apply. It's just it doesn't feel the same. And the way that the owners have treated the club in the last few years takes something away from my love of West Ham it's not quite as uh, sort of blindingly um, one-sidedly I love this club more than anything in the world as it used to be that it is tainted with with sort of something else now and that has been affected in the last few years I'm sure that will be the same for lots of Newcastle fans and it may be that if you do win the Premier League there'll be a a tinge just a tinge I'm not saying it will overshadow it or that you wouldn't enjoy it but a tinge of uh, a bit like when Man City do. That's how I feel. Whenever Man City win the league, I quite like them as a club, really, and their fans are good and all that sort of stuff. Whenever they win the league, it was it's never quite as exciting as when Leicester did it, or even when Liverpool did it a lot longer. I know they've their riches are in, you know, they've got loads of money as well. But yeah. I just sort of think when things happen organically in football, that's what it's about for more people, isn't it? So yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, you know, as as well as covering Newcastle, I've supported the club, you know, since I can remember, and you know, the dream was always to see us win something. And and I do get what you mean because before this takeover, I was in the exact same boat about the likes of Man City, where you know I I didn't really want Man City to win the league purely because 
you know, they buy the league. So it's I think a lot of fans are going to have to wrestle with that should Newcastle, mm. you know, fans win anything. I mean, look, it's been that long since they have won anything that I think they'll take it by any means possible mm. these days. But um, 100%, I, I get that. You know, the amount of money that's flown into football now, you know, you, in a 20, 25 years, you know, how many other clubs are going to be like this? I think it's the way football's going. You touched on it there, you know, with West Ham. Mm. Obviously, you know, they aren't in the same bracket, but, you know, even moving from Upton Park, which, you know, fans loved, you know, sort of that soul is getting ripped out of the game, not just at Newcastle, but, you know, it definitely. Is so, yeah, I think, you know, should Newcastle win anything, like you say, it's not going to feel like a Leicester because, you know, they've got, they've got, you know, an entire country behind them. But like I say, it's just the way football's going, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, uh, I am with you. And I don't necessarily blame any Newcastle fans for, like, yeah, because what can fans do, really? I mean, we've, we've seen plenty of protests against different things. And like the Super League went away for the time being. I'm certain that will be back. But anyway, uh, enough about that for for the time being. Uh, like you said, three, game, three wins on the spin. I'm beaten in four. Uh, the only slight uh, drawback for you was that the defeat was a 1-0 home <laughs> defeat to Cambridge United uh, in the FA Cup, which isn't ideal. But yeah, uh, Watford, Leeds, uh, Everton and Villa, all sort of teams, winnable games, you'd hope. It uh, seems to have been the real, so that one all draw with Watford, 1-0 uh, win away at Leeds, beating 3-1, beating Everton 3-1 at home, and then uh, Villa 1-0 at home on Sunday. So it seems like the Eddie Howe effect has, has really taken hold. Yeah, look, I think he's um, he's found, well, for a minute, his best team. You know, obviously, he's, he's picked up a couple of injuries on Sunday with Kieran Trippier and Mankiel uh, picking up mm. Knox. But yeah, look, you know, Eddie Howe came in and he was sort of given a th- like a free reign, free slate. You know, fans were so fed up with the previous regime and the previous manager that Howe came in and he couldn't really do any wrong at the start. Um, mm. Didn't really get off to the best sort of start either. Um, and I think, like I say, he, he was given time how, but I think after the Cambridge defeat, there was the first sort of murmurs of, okay, that was maybe his fault for the loss. Um, and I'm not saying patience was obviously going with him because he's still you know, fairly new in the job, but I think these wins have came at a good time, both for the club and for him, because mm. um, under Steve Bruce at the start of the season, you know, there were so many games where they were winnable games, whether that was home or away, and Newcastle just couldn't pick up three points. So the fact that, like you say, they've went and beat three sort of rivals in and around them, um, you know, in Leeds, Villa. And, mm. um, so, yeah, so look, they've came at a good time. You know, the bottom of the league was starting to look a bit perilous. It's looking a bit better now. Um, so, yeah, look, the, the hope is that they can keep it going in the next month. Um you know, the next sort of three, four games are, are winnable or, you know, you can see them picking up points there. Um, after that, it gets a bit more tricky with the likes of Chelsea and Tottenham and City and Liverpool before the end of the season. So, yeah, look, the, the wins have came at the right time. Uh, they were needed. And, and yeah, look, I think how if you can keep this going, then, you know, I think, I think they should stay up. Yeah, I mean... Not sort of out the water, of course, as you've alluded to there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 23 games played, 21 points, uh, four points above the, the relegation zone already. And I'm almost inclined to just 
just because of the weakness of the teams under you, really, if you can pick up a few points in the next games. Obviously, I hope it's not against West Ham. Uh, looking ahead to that game then, Aaron, um, how do, you think this, do you think that's a different prospect to the games you've had recently? I mean, Aston Villa are no, no slouches under Steven Gerrard, but um, how are you sort of feeling looking ahead to that uh, West Ham game on the weekend and how do you think it's going to play out at Saturday, 12.30, early kickoff, London Stadium? I think it's going to be a tricky one, I think, especially, you know, much trickier than the the, the last sort of three games that they've had. Um, you know, Newcastle, I think they've only lost once in the last five games against West Ham, but obviously that one was at the start of the season. And I think obviously when the two teams met earlier in the season, I don't think, you know, well, I certainly didn't predict that West Ham would be in the position that they are now. Um, you know, Moyes has got them playing, you know, well. They had that little blip over Christmas and, you know, they've sort of, you know, refound their feet, you know, in the last couple of games. So, look, it's going to be difficult. Um, it's never an easy place to go, early kick-off on a Saturday. But, yeah, look, I think, you know, the, the team are confident now. Um, you know, they've got a few games under their belt. How sort of, you know, sort of got a the spine of his team sorted. You know, there might be one or two changes, you know, in, in a couple of places due to the injuries. But I think... You know, he's happy and settled with his team now. Um, so, look, yeah, I think they're going into the game, you know, with the best possible chance after recent weeks. Um, but, look, the table doesn't lie. West Ham are, you know, rightfully favourites. And I think that, you know, I think the Castle fans travelling down there would, you know, just take a point, really, because I don't think anyone's really going in there expecting them to turn them over. But, look, stranger things have happened. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean... I, you know, you know how it works in football. You just get a sense of whether you do well against a club or not. I just mm-hmm. never feel like we do against Newcastle. I know we've had a few results, perhaps in more recent seasons. Yeah. But on the whole, having watched West Ham for like, you know, 20, 25-ish years, 20 to 25-ish years, semi-regular or very regularly now, I just never, some teams you just think, ah, oh, brilliant. Like we've got. I don't know, yeah. whoever it might be. Or we've got Watford this week. Or like whenever we play Palace, I'm like, oh, well, we'll obviously beat them because we just all... And Southampton. So, like, yeah, we always beat those teams. Um, Newcastle, I always think, ah, oh, and it doesn't matter how well you're playing or how well we're playing. I just think, well, oh, we never, ever seem to beat these lot. Like, never. Home or away, we just always stink. Um, <laughs> and even going into this game, you're in decent form uh, and we're not quite frankly. I know that we're unbeaten in three, but how we haven't been beaten in any of those three games is baffling and beyond me. One's Kidderminster Harriers, which we made a complete meal of. Yeah, The Watford game was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen and won only by a lucky deflected goal by Jared Bowen. And we managed to make one of the worst, uh, the most outformed Leicester teams for about three seasons look like peak Brazil for, uh, for some periods of that game at at Leicester and we needed a handball from Dawson to rescue a point. So I don't feel good about the way we're playing at the moment. You're playing really well. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I could easily see a, a Newcastle win. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case to be fair. You've, uh, you've made me a little bit more positive and confident. Yeah. About <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. What, what, what just uh, briefly then, mate, what style of uh, play can West Ham fans expect? Um, look, I think, you know, how came in and, and um, was said he was going to try and play on the front foot, which was obviously music to Newcastle fans. He has having to, you know, watch sort of three years of Steve Bruce and, you know, what was always quite negative tactics. So, look, I think they'll give it a good go. Um, 
you know, you can expect a lot of Valentin Maximin on the ball trying to cause the defenders a bit of um a bit of trouble. And um yeah, look, I think I think they'll give it a good go. You know, the, the shackles are sort of off these days that they have been trying mm. to get forward and uh you know, once or twice that has left them a bit vulnerable at the back. And I think, you know, the losing Kieran Trippier when he was playing so well after coming in is a big blow. So um yeah, like I said, you know, you know, you'll see a lot of Alan St. Maximin. Um they'll be trying to pop balls into Chris Wood, who will then, you know, try and bring players into play. Um, you know, hopefully he can start finding a score and boost because he's he's looked a bit shy of confidence since joining uh, joining last month. So so yeah, um, you know, I think they'll go there and I think, you know, they'll give it a good go, especially with a uh, you know what I think is a sold out away crowd behind them. Mm. Yeah, who's uh, who'll be playing at left back up against Jared Bowen because they'll be having the toughest day of anyone. Uh, um, I imagine. Ooh, I'd imagine it'll be Matt Target back in. Um, mm. yeah, so, he's a decent player. Yeah, yeah very he, decent he had, player. He had a good debut uh, the other week. You know, I think Newcastle fans are going to be quite happy with him. So. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very, very good sign in that. I've always rated him. I think he's an unfashionable player. Um, but I've always rated him indeed. Aaron, look, it's a new Newcastle editor for the Chronicle. Uh, it's been brilliant having you with us on the show. We do appreciate your time. As always, um, before that game, Saturday lunchtime uh, at London Stadium, West Ham v Newcastle, what's your prediction? Oh, I'll go for a 2-1 Newcastle win. 2-1 Newcastle win. A bit of confidence in the opposition view. First time for a while we've had that. Aaron, it's been brilliant having you on with the show. We appreciate you giving us your time. Stay with us. We have the West Ham women next. So there we have Aaron Stokes, soon to be Newcastle editor at the Newcastle Chronicle, uh, giving us the lowdown on the Magpies' visit to the London Stadium. This weekend, it's the West Ham women now, and it's just me. No guests this week, no Jonesy. We were supposed to have a guest lined up. We pulled out last minute, unfortunately, so I've had to do a little bit of flexing. Um, now's probably a good time just to say thanks for sticking with us this month. It's been a bit of an erratic, uh, crazy month for Jonesy and I. I've started a new job. Um, Jonesy's had some bits and pieces going on, so it's been a little bit more challenging than usual to try and uh, get the podcast fitted in, recorded, edited and out there. Uh, So we appreciate you sticking with us. That does explain why I've had a couple of um, been a bit less consistent with the publication dates, why you've had a couple a bit later on in the week. Uh, Obviously quite a few West Ham games as well to contend with. So juggling all of that has proved us slightly challenging, but we appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, The West Ham women, though, Leicester City away on Sunday, 3-0. They were thrashed. 2-0 down inside nine minutes. Natasha Flint and Ashley Plumtree scoring for the Foxes. 3-0, five minutes after half time. And it's taken everyone by surprise, really. West Ham still seventh in the WSL, which isn't too bad. But Leicester, I mean, before that, it was only their fourth win of the season, 12 points are on now, played 15, lost 11. Uh, certainly a game that um, that West Ham were hoping to win. However, they were in good form. I think perhaps it was uh, yeah, a little bit remiss of us last week, not to mention that um, you know they're in reasonably good form. Leicester, they come off, uh, went into that West Ham game off the back of a 2-1 win away at Birmingham City. Again, also not performing particularly well in the WSL, so you kind of take that with a pinch of salt. They did beat Tottenham 3-1 away 
in the game before in the FA Cup as well. Uh, a couple of close games, uh, two one defeats to Aston Villa before that and beating Brighton 1-0 on the 16th of January. So perhaps we should have seen it coming a little bit more. I think as far as West Ham's form goes, um, really, having beaten Aston Villa 2-1, overcome Sheffield United, albeit they're in a different division in the FA Cup the game before, a, a narrow 2-0 defeat to Chelsea after a 3-0 victory over Everton. I think it's fair to say that Jonesy and I were pretty confident last week that it was um, it was going to be a bit more of a straightforward victory than it was, let alone a 3-0 defeat. But um, yeah, one of those things, I think overall the progress the team is making is good. So you try, if possible, not to read too much into it. As I mentioned, the, uh, the girls stay seventh in the league, um, just one point above Brighton in eighth, uh, but West Ham have played a game less, which is good. Uh, Aston Villa are four points behind in ninth. Uh, Leicester now just eight points behind, um, although they have played a game more. So it feels, it's starting to feel like seventh is about, uh, that sixth, seventh, eighth slot is where the girls are likely to finish up. They're still three points behind Man City in fifth, but that is a real shame because that would have kept them in contention towards the top end of that uh, middle tier of the WSL, really. But, uh, you know, it's not all complete doom and gloom. Uh, next up on the 27th, a bit of a gap this week. So next game is the 27th of February. Reading away before they welcome Chelsea in the WSL on the 10th of March. The games get a little bit spread out over the next couple of weeks. But then, uh, yeah, that Chelsea game followed by a trip to Birmingham. Manchester United at home, uh, all those three, the Chelsea, Birmingham, Man United games, all in the space of six days. Gets a bit congested, congested then before that last final five-game running of the WSL season. And that's Brighton at home, Man City at home, Reading away, Man United away and Arsenal at home. So uh, you really feel that the points need to be picked up, uh, certainly as far as the, the WSL goes in the... Those sort of this, the Birmingham's, the Brighton's, the Reddings. Um, you could probably say there's three games there where you'd hope for wins. The others, I think, are going to be hard to come by. Uh, fortunate position, of course, where relegation isn't really a threat anymore. Not so much because of the way the table looks, just more the quality of the team. Obviously, only one relegation spot and that uh, is Birmingham at the moment in 12th place with four points even Everton are in 11th um, as seven points clear of Birmingham having played two games less so it does seem like Birmingham are going to be the team dropping down to the championship this season 15 games played just one win one draw and 13 defeats you know I mean certainly doesn't threaten West Ham at all the idea that they could make up 16 points over the uh, the remaining sort of eight games left in the season. Well, we played 14 so far, uh, 22. Yeah, eight games left for West Ham anyway. Birmingham simply aren't going to do that. So no threat of relegation. Uh, it's shaping up to be the the transitional season of progress that that we'd hoped. Um, and yeah, it's a little bit of a blip at the weekend, as you say. Leicester just their 12th point of the season. Um getting into double figures with that victory. But it's one of those things. I think you've just got to brush yourselves off. I had some good results this season that we didn't see coming. Um, so, yeah, just brush yourselves off. Uh, forget about it. Onwards and upwards. And hopefully, um, for victory over Reading on the 27th, you can see a, a good run in the Cup. 
that was the West Ham Women Roundup. I hope you did a good job as a solo one without Jonesy or any guests this week. But stay with us because you'll have some final thoughts from me and James next. There we have it, Jonesy. Another show in the bag. Uh, weirdly an enjoyable one. Uh, more enjoyable than last week's, I think, mainly because we were having to talk far less um, about negative stuff that was surrounding the club uh, last week on last week's show, The Kid Amidst the Game. Obviously, all the stuff of Kurt Zuma. Um, not really enjoyable topics to talk about, despite the fact we did actually win two football games amongst all of that. Um, draw against Leicester. I think, mate, that's what it is. The charity bet coming in, that's one of the things that would have improved my mood, undoubtedly. Um, just taken us about, what, two hours on the podcast to get to that revelation? But um, never mind. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the game? As we, on the game of the week, big week for the podcast, big week for both of us, big week for, not really big week for West Ham, slightly underwhelming week, if anything. Big week for Twitter trolls, also big week for social media supporters as well. So final thoughts on West Ham this week and the show. Yeah, it's been a strange one um, on the pitch, off the pitch, the club, one to forget uh, on the podcast, one to remember. I think, despite the, the, although we weren't really talking about football, we were talking about something completely unrelated to football. Um, it was good for us to get good PR for the podcast um, and have um, have a bit of beef with some Twitter trolls at the same time, which is always good fun. Um, but you, yeah. you enjoy it way more than I do. Yeah, I mean, and I also enjoy it way more than I should. Which yeah, is definitely. Good. That match is so um, clear. Yeah, I just like putting people putting people back in their box, especially when they're just way out of line and calling <laughs> calling calling people names on the internet for no reason other than the fact that they disagree with their opinion. Yeah, that they have a very, different opinion to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. behaviour, so I like having a go back. But um, yeah, yeah, good week for the podcast. Good week for, for us. We won the challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three performances improve on the pitch, and we can start looking forward. And the Europa League, like I say, the week Europa League is not far away from returning. And I'm buzzing. No, no, absolutely, mate. Yeah, we're talking about that. The ties um, for the last 32 coming up very soon. So West Ham will have a much better idea about who we will be playing. So, yeah, excited about that, mate. Totally. Um, yeah, back what James said, really. Brilliant week. Uh, the charity bet coming in is superb stuff. We needed one. Two and a half grand fin for the Bobby Moore Fund is wonderful. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. On Instagram, we're we are West Ham Pod. Facebook, just search We Are West Ham Podcast. Do the same on YouTube, uh, where Jonesy does a sterling job of putting up all the clips. You have the opposition view on there as well, a bit of match reaction. Uh, so you can do that if you so wish. Subscribe to the podcast, give us five stars, write us a review, and most importantly, tell your mates about us uh, thanks to jackie davidson who bought us a beer this week over at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham you can do that yourself if you so wish uh for as little as five pounds each time uh, and we guarantee that that does only go on beers or equipment or guest fees to improve the podcast or mine and james's ability to laugh at ourselves and west ham which we're pretty good at west ham united still somehow clinging on to fourth spot in the league maybe that will change in the future when everyone else's games in hand catch up with us maybe it won't because no one seems to want to finish in the top four this year two all away from home great goal from craig dawson to level it up at the end it's been a good show it's been a good week west ham fourth in the premier league the last 16 of the europa league which will be coming on us within a month we'll have played our first game could be barcelona 
who knows thanks for listening everybody thanks for all the messages we've had this week it's been absolutely brilliant from both of us up the hammers West Ham are massive and we'll see you next week You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some fantastic pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. There's two fantastic West Ham draws this week. The first one, you've got the opportunity to win two hospitality tickets to West Ham United's game against Aston Villa. The tickets are just £9.95 each. Only 65 will be sold and the competition ends on Thursday night the 17th of February at 7.30pm. That's West Ham v Aston Villa at the London Stadium on Sunday the 13th of March. So you'll have to be quick if you want to get involved with that one. They've had some fantastic signed pieces from Vladimir Sufal, Jared Bowen and Tony Cotty up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Podcast Network.